Have you ever heard something or seen something that you just can't stop thinking about? This past week, I shared with my congregation that I had come across something the previous week that I could not stop thinking about. And at this point, to be honest with you, I don't remember if it's something that I heard, something that I read, but nevertheless, it still has just occupied my mind. And it's this, a phrase that simply says, if the world hates you because of Jesus, that's a great thing. But if the world hates Jesus because of you, that's a terrible thing. I want to talk about that for the next few moments. Hello, I'm Pastor Dave Carver, lead pastor at Water's Edge Fellowship in Burley, Idaho, and I want to thank you for joining me for this midweek moment. Now, if you're able to, grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's get started. Imagine this for a second, that you're walking along and and you come across a, a Christian, a believer, maybe even a brother or sister from your own congregation, and they say, hey, listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you, in order to become a better Christian, I want you to imitate me. What would go through your mind? Now, can you imagine for a second grabbing a cup of coffee in the morning, you're strolling out to grab the paper, the mail, the whatever, and you just see your neighbor across the fence and you walk up to them and, and you say to them, hey, listen, I want you to start watching me because I'm going to show you what it means to be a great Christian. I think in both instances, we might feel that there is just a, a, a sense of arrogance there, right? You would almost say like, okay, back up, guy. Um, listen, you're not all that. I know who you are. Or, hey, I know who I am, and so I'd never say that. And yet we see that. And so I want to talk about both sides of this, this little phrase that has just plagued me because I, I believe that there is uh, something significant that we can pull away from this. I think if we were to be honest with ourselves and each other, many times we try to walk in a way that makes people like us, right? I mean, the truth is we want people to like us. We want people to think that we're a great guy, that we're a great lady, that that uh, we're fun or funny. We want th- people to think that that we're somebody that people want to be around and, and even try and fit in in some cases. And I think that that is a challenge because we live opposite directions of the world. We are walking in a different direction of society, really. Our goal is to walk towards God as society marches away from God. And it's tough because we want to be likable. And John approaches this, John touches on this, when he writes in, in 1 John 15, if the world hate, or in John 15, excuse me, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, the world hates you. See, this is important to us because Jesus is calling us to acknowledge that we are not going to walk in unity with the world. And it's okay. And so I just think of that that first phrase of the world hates you because of Jesus. That's a great thing. And so just look at your life for a second. As I look at my life, are we making waves? And I don't mean making waves for the sake of making waves. God does not call us to be an antagonist. We're not to be the one that is just running around being a jerk. In fact, he tells us to that we are to love the person in front of us, love others as he has loved us right? 
it, it's not our job to go out and, and be an antagonist in every situation, but it is our job to walk according to what Jesus has said. In fact, he tells us in the Great Commission to teach them all that I have commanded you. And so we have this task of teaching what the gospel says, the fullness of the gospel, not just that Jesus loves you, not just that you're a terrible sinner, but how because Jesus loves you, it changes the truths of us being a terrible sinner. Not that we get to just walk in that, but as you know, that we've been redeemed from that. We've been called out of that. We are free from that. We're not free to sin. We're free from sin. And we are to walk according to uh, what God has called us to, which is to walk in fellowship with him. In fact, the last real teaching that Jesus has before he hits the cross is to abide, is to dwell. We are to draw close to him. And so we have the truth of all of this teaching on this side of that. And, and so I guess that causes us to ask this question, does the world hate me? Or does it see me as a frenemy? See, am, am I a friendly foe? Am I one that I don't really condemn because I'm trying to walk in both places? Which means really I'm just standing still as God moves in one direction and society moves in another. I'm not following either, but I'm not close to either. I'm trying to be friends with both, and that just can't happen because the world is moving away from God which means eventually we are going to have to decide who do we stand with. And I just come back to the Vineyard Discourse in John 15 that, listen, you are to abide, you are to stay, you are to, to dwell, to walk with. In fact, that's the whole reason that we, that we hung everything on the promise of Messiah is because we wanted to walk with God, correct? Not that we wanted to go to heaven. I mean, I do want to go to heaven, but the truth is, I chose salvation because I wanted to walk with God. Now let's talk about the other side of that. If uh, the world hates Jesus because of you, then that's a terrible thing. Well, I came back, you know, if you think about that question that I asked in the beginning as far as, can you imagine ever going and saying, hey, listen, if you want to see what it means to be a great Christian, just imitate me. If you watch me and if you act like me, then you got this. That sounds crazy. And yet that's the very thing that Paul says to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 4.16. I urge you then be imitators of me. Now, the context of this passage is that he is talking to the converts that quite honestly, the church that he launched, and so he identifies as their father, not heavenly father, of course, but, but really is the one who was the catalyst for them coming to Christ. And so he is calling them not to follow all of the other examples, but to follow him. And yet this still feels a little arrogant, icky, however you want to say it. But let's just look at this for one minute. We have a couple of things here that we first need to investigate as far as Paul's perspective, but then also how it relates to us. And the first aspect I believe that we need to look at is this church knew Paul. They knew Paul for all of his strengths. They knew Paul for all of his weaknesses. They knew Paul for, for the times when everybody was like, yeah, hey, I know him, and they wanted to be around him. And then they also knew Paul for those times where it was kind of that embarrassing friend because of something that he has done or said or whatever. This is the same guy that pursued the church on both sides. He pursued the church to take it out, and then he pursued the church to get it growing. 
And, and so this is the Paul, the weaknesses, all of those things. This church knew that. And so when Paul says, I urge you then be imitators of me, he's recognizing that he's not ignoring it and he's not stepping away from it. He's acknowledging that, hey, I'm not perfect. Watch how I walk, which if your walk is like his and my walk is, you stumble. And so when we live out our gospel in front of people, and they see us stumble, that is an invitation for them to see two things. One, we're not perfect. If I tell somebody, hey, listen, you want to understand what it means to be a Christian, watch me. I'm not saying because I'm perfect. I'm saying because I'm not. And you're going to see that. But guess what? You're not perfect, which means you don't have to become like me. We're becoming like him. And so it's okay if you're not perfect because I'm not perfect. In fact, I still fall. And when I do, watch what happens. The only difference is that when I fall, I turn to him. I don't try and fix it. I don't try and, and do anything on my own. I turn right back to him, and he lifts me out of that. First John 1 John 1.9 says that he cleanses us from all of that, and we walk again. And even as I'm saying this, I just think of the story of Peter where he jumped out of the boat and got his eyes off Jesus for just a minute and slipped the verse doesn't say that he turned and swam back to the boat. The verse doesn't say that, that he was really good and began to tread water and everything was good. It says that he turned to Jesus and said, Lord, save me. And that Jesus reached down, pulled him back up, and they walked together back to the boat. That is the very word picture of what it is when we fall. And so when Paul says, I urge you then be imitators of me, he's not just talking about those times where, man, we do well, we get it right, we, we fully depend on God, but he's talking about those times where we miss, where we fall. And I'll be honest, church, the world needs to see that. It doesn't need to see us fall, and so we pursue falling, but it needs to see what happens when we do fall. Because the last thing the, church, the world needs to think is that the church is perfect, because then there's no room for them. And the last thing that the world needs to see is that we respond like them when we fall, which is we fix it on our own or we hide it. That's just one side. Here's the other side. If you think about this for a second, during Paul's time, they had the Old Testament, but there was no New Testament work yet. And in fact, it was being not just written at this time, but it was being lived out, which means this, Paul was the walking gospel. He couldn't come to the church at Corinth and give them three cases of Bibles and say, okay, here, listen, this is for you. If you read this, this is the living word of God. And if you read this, you'll see and be able to identify what it is that, that God is desiring from you as far as how you walk. He didn't have that luxury. He was the living, walking gospel, how he lived. And so in saying, hey, watch me, be imitators of me, he understood that they didn't have another source. They had the Old Testament, but really it was those that were walking in Christ at that time as the gospel was fresh and new on the planet, that that was really how they would mature in Christ. Now, it's easy for us to say right now, yeah, but that's not our case today. But I'm always surprised at the number of people that I encounter that have never had a Bible, which means they've never read the Bible. All they have is what they hear and what they see. And I'll be honest, sometimes what they hear just is not the Bible. They hear that uh, God will never give us something that we can't handle. And the Bible doesn't say that anywhere. 
They hear that cleanliness is next to godliness. God helps those who help themselves. None of those things are in the Bible, and yet they're quoted as if they are. And so really, for those people, they have you, and they have me. And so if they pattern their lives after you, or they pattern their lives after me, are we taking them to the gospel, or are we moving them away? Because the truth is, even if you've never said it, even if I've never said it, there are people that are patterning their lives after us because they know we are Christians, and they, in their mind, if they act like us, it'll be good. Well, the truth is, if we walk in a dependency on God, where that is evident in everything, it is evident in our successes because we are fully relying on him, and it's evident in our failures because we depend on him for our redemption and for our restoration, then that is a good thing because what they're going to understand is that a Christian depends on God, not each other. So just go back to that phrase for one second. If the world hates you because of Jesus, that's a great thing. But if the world hates Jesus because of you, that's a terrible thing. If we walk with him instead of society, if we walk like him, loving people and redeeming uh, the moments to share the gospel, to share the truth of God, then what happens is people begin to love God and they see the love that Jesus has for them. However, when we walk in judgment and when we walk in hypocrisy, when we walk contrary to the gospel, but quite honestly, harmony with society, the world begins to hate Jesus because they see him not for who he is, but for who the adversary has always said he would be. A heartless judge, somebody who is lying and keeping us from the fun things. Now, my prayer for you and my prayer for myself today is this, that we would not stop dwelling on that, but that we would look for the ways that we can uh, live out both those passages, that we can walk in a way that would cause the world to hate us, not because we're antagonistic, but because we're walking with God, and that we would love in a way and walk in a way that caused others to see Jesus and the gospel lived out in our journey, both our high moments and our low moments. God bless. Thank you again for listening today. If you are in our area and are interested in joining us for one of our services, you can find us on the web at www.watersedgeidaho.org or by searching for our page on Facebook. Have a great day, and I hope you will join us again soon.